Steve Fines, good morning. I, I am keeping the faith, in case you wondered. Good to talk to you. Hey, I found out something really interesting this morning, and it's, it's this, great. This, this is going to be a first, listeners. This is <laughs> I am so happy to have with me today a radio legend, because... Today, in 1967, the Brits brought in that Marine Offences Act, so basically they killed all the pirate radio stations. Oh, indeed. Radio legends. Yes. Dave Lee Travis, where are you now? Um, I think we know that, actually. (laughs) That that just... You've seen that film, The Boat That Rocked? Yes. Amazing. With with, with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Brilliant, brilliant film. Very good film, Not necessarily strictly true, but you get Uh, the story. it was a fictional film. It wasn't supposed to be a doggo. True, but, I mean, you know, know, they were were literally on these big old trawlers or whatever off the coast of Scotland and wherever, and they were were illegally pumping radio into England, and it revolutionised. I was there. Teenage years. I was there. I was listening. You were listening to Radio 3 now. No, a lighter uh, item. The light, I'm the light programme. But now they killed him today, so we've got stonking Steve Vines coming at you. <laughs> Good to see you. What do you want to do? Well, I, let's start with the events this weekend, you know, the big march. Which one? Uh, the big march, which is being organised by the silent majority. And they doing it with semaphore, then, or what? Who are not now called the silent majority. I can't remember what they're called this week, but it's peace, love, democracy... Blah blah blah. All the words that it isn't. Um, and what, what's interesting about this is is, is they are mobilising like you know a bat in hell. But what really amused me among other costing things, them an arm and a leg, isn't well, it? <laughs> costing them an arm and a leg. But what really amused me was in defence of the fact that they're going to ship people in, you know, pay for their fares, give them food, and and what's it? Robert Chow. Get this. I'm I mean, just it. get this. Robert it. Chow compares himself with Martin Luther King, and the March on Washington. And Get off the crack pipe, mate. Yes. Well, I mean, as 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 us Americans say, uh, Robert, you're many things, but you ain't no Martin. Uh, you know, I mean, he did. I have to say, to be fair to him, at one point realised it was slightly off, and he said, well, of course, I'm not Martin Luther King, which, goodness me, I don't know how he managed to notice that. But his point was this, and this is why, you know, it's always lovely to deal with people who've never read uh, an ounce of history, have no idea about what they're talking about. He says, well, in the March on Washington, you know, this famous massive rally that that, that came before the passing of the Civil Rights Act... um, there were people supplying food and drink to the marchers. Do you know what? He's, that's true. There were. <laughs> I love this there logic. were. There were. But what he's pointed, what he failed to point out was what was the root of the civil rights movement in America? Oh, yes. Civil disobedience. Civil disobedience. It was illegal for black people to travel in the front of buses. And it many, was, many things, right? And, and many other things. All of these things were illegal. So the roots of that movement lay in civil disobedience. Has he never read a book? Does he not understand that, that, that you know, if you're going to make these comparisons between yourself and a great historical figure and a great historical movement, at least understand the roots of it. But, oh, roots, ho-hum. roots, roots, get it? Yeah, roots. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, ho-hum, ho-hum. So anyway, so I'm sure they'll have a big turnout this weekend, and I'm sure all the usual Sussex will be there, blah, 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 blah. It's quite interesting, though. According to the Chief of Police, Andy Jung... Yeah, I know. Go on. This is the cracker, isn't it? This is a cracker. He says, oh, you know, policemen have political rights, too. They should be allowed to sign petitions. I'm just asking the question. I'm not providing the answer. But if, say, 100 policemen signed a pro-democracy petition, what would Andy Jung say to that? 
Oh, mm, computer uh, says no. Oh, computer says no, no. I mean, honestly, it's getting so politicised. You had the cafe results the other day, and John Slosser, who's a perfectly nice man, felt compelled to talk about Occupy Central. The line has obviously gone out. That whatever it but is... it hasn't happened. It's nothing. It hasn't happened. Uh, but, this is fantastic. Uh, you know, Do you realise? But realize? it is extraordinary. It, it hasn't happened. But the, the, the extent of mobilisation has got so frenetic that everybody, in every crevice, has to talk about this. Now you've got, today, um, this quite important um, EGM, or Extraordinary General Meeting of the Law Society, oh, yes. at which um, the president of the Law Society, the very um, eloquent Mr Ambrose Lamb, is being censored for his remarks on the... White, um, white paper, the, the yeah. white paper. And uh, you've got... We now understand... We don't understand. It is, it is now an established fact that all these large firms have gone out and, and, and drawn up proxies for their staff to sign in his support. I mean... Anybody who is still in denial over the level of mobilisation of the United Front against democratic change in Hong Kong really needs to stop sniffing whatever it is they're sniffing <laughs> and get back to, to um, breathing the normal air of Hong Kong because this is a mobilisation at a level I have been here quite a long time, I've never seen before. It's quite extraordinary the level um, to which they're doing all of this. Well, the fellow who's spearheading this censuring was on the radio the other day, and he explained at that level, you basically do what you're told. If clients, if clients basically uh, tell you to do it, you do it, and if bosses tell you to do it... He's talking about the big law firms. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, yes. saying, he's saying there's very much a culture of, you know, how high when you're told to jump. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, um, the whole point of uh, being a solicitor in this town is, unless you're an individual solicitor, uh, which case you can make a living but you won't make a very big living because you know all the serious business goes to big law firms you you have to be in a big law firm which are very hierarchical and tremble and obey is the actual rule of the day solicitors firms are much less autonomous in the way they behave say than barristers chambers which are full of you know big elbow barristers. individuals and yeah. barristers funnily enough yeah. so it's a very different environment i suppose that 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 was what he was talking about yeah he was basically saying it's a bit of a three-liner when 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 yeah. you know this you talk yeah. about mobilization yeah yeah so um i think we can be fairly sure that 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 uh, whatever the arguments that are made, Mr Lamb has all the votes already in his back pocket and he won't be censured. How this um, comes out as, as reflecting on the integrity of the legal practitioners in Hong Kong is an entirely different question. And if he thinks he's enhanced that by forcing people who are otherwise unwilling to do something to support him, well, good luck to him. I think others will say... Yeah, you, you've got the most soiled mandate I've ever seen. Let's talk about the knock-on and the content of this white paper when it comes... So here we have the boss of a legal organisation um, supporting, mentioning, whatever, th this white paper. But let's not forget the bit of that white paper that mentioned the judiciary. Yes. Judges. This is, this is, this is the thing which obviously got the, the uh, Bar Association very worried. Because once you start saying there are political criteria for who can be a judge, once you start saying that judges are no different from other parts of government, the words independence of the judiciary cease to have any meaning. The cornerstone of Hong Kong's life ceases to have any meaning. Here you have the president 
of the law association, the law society rather, saying, well, I'm not going to stand up for the law in Hong Kong. I've got my career to think of. I've got my business to think of. Mm. Well, good luck to you, sir. I hope you, 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 you feel you've done something honourable when you tell your children, what did you do, Daddy, in 2014? And he says, son, I stood up for the money. Mm. You know, when he picks up the phone <laughs> and rings Canada or Atlanta, Georgia... Yes. or Where, of course, his children even. will have been educated because all these people love Hong Kong so much that they don't want their children educated in the Hong Kong system. They don't want their children to have Hong Kong passports. That's for the little folk. See, the thing the, about... The reek of hypocrisy... is awful. Is, ...is seeping through the door. It's truly awful. But, you know, um, the thing about Occupy Hong Kong... Central, excuse me. Well, let's make it Occupy Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just that it hasn't happened. How many times do we have to say this? Yeah, it's an a... idea on a fag packet, for goodness and, and, sake. And, you know, I mean, what is it that these people, these lovers of Hong Kong, don't understand about civil disobedience is not that it brings society into chaos it certainly does cause disruption but you know you've had occupy Cent- you've had occupy wall street you've had occupy the city in london nobody went running around there going oh my god london's going to cease to be an international city yeah, people said yeah well all right we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it you know what cracks me up? When I read our news stories, because I only read RTHK news... I should um, hope so. And you can see, here it comes, you're watching, you've, you've got a parallel, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Yeah. And the economy will suffer. <laughs> Livelihood will suffer. Yes, yes. And you this, only have yourselves this, to blame. This is stated, uh, stated as a fact. Um, How? But, How? Yeah. I know, I know. Well, well, somebody's got to explain it to me. Do you reckon it's going to happen, then? Oh, I'm sure Occupy Central will You happen. really think so? Because oh, it I'll would be the why. biggest wind-up since Mike Rouse got into the government. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's a no, great gag at the thing. moment. Uh, <laughs> no, I, it will happen. Uh, um, I, I, very rarely really is so? it sensible to make pr- predictions of political events. But in this, well, it will happen because we now know that when the standing committee issues its edict, either at the end of this month or whenever it actually comes out, it will be very hardline indeed. Yeah. You know, people seem to have the the, the, the sort of fond. They're clinging to the fond belief that at the moment Beijing is talking tough, but will deliver something, you know, not so, not so tough. I'm with you I on don't that. think for one moment that's going to happen. It will actually be a provocative um, reduction in the rights of people to elect their own leaders. So it, it, the fact that Occupy Central will happen is, is, I don't think, something we need to discuss. Whether or not it should happen, yes, we could have a discussion about that. But where I'm coming from, you know, <coughs> you know what I'm on about. I mean, think in the past when words or a concept has, has got everybody in such a fluster. I mean, that's sort of terrorism 101, isn't it? They're not too fussed about blowing things up. They want to create panic, abject fear yes. and, and, and paradigm and, shifts and, in and people's and lives. Good. And, and they're quite good. What, 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 what always depresses me is how democratically elected governments, which we don't have in Hong Kong, but elsewhere in the world, seize on this to reduce civil liberties, to make the average citizen feel insecure in ways that they don't need to. So now you have, you know, this enormous level of surveillance, this intrusion into the private lives of citizens, because a few jihadi nutcases say they're going to attack America. What the, the, the two wings play into themselves. You've got the, the real terrorists. These are bad people. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm not going to underestimate that. But then you've got people who shouldn't be bad people, who are in governments, who are in responsible positions. And instead of sitting down and saying, let's just deal with the bad people, they say, I tell you what, let's regard the whole of the population as suspect and see how we can control them. See, right now, 
Occupy Central are two words that Benny Tai at some place in some cafe wrote on a piece of paper and said, well, that would be a decent idea. And right now it's nothing more than an idea. But it, it, but it, has, it, has, but it has, uh, to, to, to be fair, I mean, it has ignited the imagination of That's a significant point. number of people, not only who will participate, but who won't. I mean, what depresses me about it is that, that the, the, it's entirely managed to shift the debate over constitutional reform away from the substantive issue onto this issue of law and order, which, of course, the the Democrats can't win, and they're stupid to be debating that when there is overwhelming public support for a genuinely elected government. And that that debate just isn't happening anymore. Let me ask you this. On one hand, Occupy Central actually happens. People turn up and do X, Y, and Z. On the other hand, it doesn't happen. As as I'm, you see where I'm going with this. If it doesn't happen, doesn't it? Wouldn't that make it one of the most sophisticated, brilliant bit of psyops that Hong Kong has seen in years? And it keeps it above well, if, above well, let, the let detractors. Let me put it this way: If you seriously believe, I don't believe. I'm no, just no, asking. no. But I'm saying, but if you, you I mean, you, as in okay. third person, that person over that there, that person over there. Good morning, sir. Morning. If you morning. sir believe <clears throat> that the Democrats have a, a tactical bone in their entire body, see, there is. I'd that. be very surprised. I just think the Democrats are just hopeless at tactics. Twenty minutes to eleven. Thursday's morning brew with Steve Vines. I've got a couple of emails. Thanks to Alan, he wrote to us all about Occupy Central. We will get back to that in a second. In the meantime. Steve Vines. Well, well we, we were talking before the break about money. Um, we were. It's frightfully sordid, and That's you know, so. gentlemen don't talk about that sort of thing. But, but for those who have been asleep and have missed the party, they'll have noticed that there's an enormous scandal over, or supposed scandal, over sums of money that Jimmy Lai doesn't pretend not to have given, but says, oh, I've given to various members of the Democratic camp. Steve, sidebar, what's the rule in other countries about that kind of stuff? Do you know? You know, Americans, they get funded. There, 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 it, there, there is, um, like all these things, it's very complex. You look at America, they have limits on the amount of direct, goes, direct, direct donations that can be played to election funds, and they step round them so easily they form these things called PACs, political action committees, and they can take as much money as they like. And they're not directly linked to candidates. Right, OK. So it, it's a system that, that palpably doesn't even begin to work. Mm-hmm. And, and as you know, there's vast sums of money in American politics. But even in Hong Kong, you know, there's this so-called scandal over the fact that Jimmy Lai's given the money and the improbable story that if he has given the money, it must sef- certainly come from foreign sources... Um, we're not even going to go there because I was going to say it might might be that he's actually got his own money and he's using it but never mind but what seems to have been lost in this and remember the biggest sum that's alleged to have been paid to anyone is about 800 grand to um, Albert Ho most of the other sums are, are, are considerably less than that but you know this pales into complete insignificance against the money that, that um, have been received by the DAB people. Now, Ming Bao um, has been on its own in doing research on this and, and at the end of last month produced a very comprehensive list showing how much money these other people got. And I'll give you an example. Uh, Lao Gonghua, for example, got almost five million in donations. So that's five times missing? as much... As as Albert, the highest so-called re- recipient, Starry Lee got four point three, four point four million. Elizabeth Quack got one point eight million. Most of them got sums. In fact, all of them, with one exception, I'll come to him in a moment, got sums over a million. 
from various donors. Various we don't donors. know who those donors are because, of course, the DAB doesn't disclose that. The one exception is poor old Jung Ryuk Singh, the <laughs> president of LegCo, who, who only got 983,000. So my heart goes out mm. to him. That's really Going bad. home. It's really bad. But, you know, I mean, um, in the Liberal Party, Miriam Lau got, got um, 1.8 million. I mean, these are phenomenal large sums of money compared to the sums of money so what is it we're missing been, steve because you, you know well they're on the they're on the right side of the fence geese and ganders and stuff well i i think part of it is 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 very bad it's to do with with um hong kong people's cynicism they say oh we kind of we know the dab is getting money from all sorts of people who are ingratiating themselves with the comrades up north therefore it doesn't matter well don't be so casually accepting this these are very large sums of money. They are affecting the political process. And unlike the money going to the Democrats, we have no idea, no idea where that money comes from. So how can there I- aren't any leaked emails with a mysterious source. Have you seen this, the way these stories are written about the, the, the money that's going to the Dems? The leaked source says this, the leaked source says that. What sort of self-respecting newspaper handling stolen goods, because that's what they're handling, says, oh, and we'll take the high moral ground of not saying who's provided, who's responsible for these stolen goods. Well, well, you know, what sort of job are you boys doing if you don't think that is part of the story to find out who is the source of this information? Not only that, of course, whether the information is valid. It seems the information is valid because Jimmy Lai has said, look, I've made no secret about giving money to Democrats. This isn't money for their personal use. It's for their campaigns. It's to elect Democrats, LegCo, etc., etc. On the DAB side of things, where the sums of money are fantastically larger, there is no transparency at all. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know what it's used for. And it seems, and you look at the way this, this weekend rally is being financed by, by people... In the, from, from the shady side, it seems there's no end to this, this level of money being f- funnelled into the anti-democratic camp. But we don't get the details. So where is the scandal? <laughs> it, to me, it ain't difficult to work that out. I mean, does this... Let's try and put a productive spin on this. Does this mean that the whole issue of people jumping up and down about the Democrats getting money will just go away? I think as soon as it gets to the point where somebody says, fine, we'll tell you what we've got as long as you tell us what you've got. Yeah. At that point, we will hear a deafening silence from the other side of the fence. Because this story has... The Democrats, as ever, aren't handling this very well. Why don't they publicise these figures? I mean, they're out there. ming drew these figures from sources in the public domain, not from leaked emails, yeah. which, is, which, again, is quite... Um, interesting so you know why haven't why are the i've mentioned these figures to to various people before uh, mentioning them on there and and people say to me you you sure i mean those those figures seem very high well they are they really are yeah yeah but not in the grand scheme of things if you're loaded no no well i mean not to you and me i'm talking about to the ordinary glad you mentioned yeah 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 yeah. so um i just wonder if it will because we haven't seen this story in the news not in the English language media at all, no. In the last few days, recently, week. Whatever. Well, this this was published in Mingbao. I've got it. I've actually got it in front of me. It was published on the thirty first of July. Okay, so that's a so good it's few been, days. It's been in the public domain. Where are we? We're on the fourteenth. It's been in the public domain for two weeks now, and doesn't seem to have been picked up by anybody. 
And the names, I mean, is it definitely that it's gone to a person as opposed to a yes. party? Now, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, because I think in the case of the DAB, as in the case of Democrats, it's not that these, this, these large, very large sums of money are being used for their personal use. I think they are genuinely being used for political campaigns. But, you know, in, in Hong Kong, we have this strange, bizarre system where political parties have to pretend to be limited companies. There is no such thing in Hong Kong as a legal structure, which is a political party. So a lot of the peculiarities of this funding stem from the determination of the government. Ah, loopholes. Well, no, I was going to say the determination of the government not to not to encourage the flourishing of political life in Hong Kong. I've got an email from Alan in front of me that really does kind of touch on the stuff you're saying. So he says, what I find hilarious... <coughs> is the anti-occupied groups collecting petitions and going on marches to protest at the idea of democracy. They are validating the concept of democracy by appealing to the people to oppose it. I guess he's right. You know, he's actually hit a paradox, which I think more people need to look at, because at least you can say, and I do say this for Robert Chow and his friends, at least they're engaging in the political process. They are, you know... They are engaging in the debate. They are mobilising people. But, as you say, the paradox is that what they're demonstrating is that, that what you need is boots on the street to make a point. So, well, well done, boys. <laughs> it, but he's, he's hit the nail on the head, actually. Yeah, he says, yeah. the idea of saying that, quote, the people don't want democracy, therefore we shouldn't have it, is mind-bending. Changes topic here. He says, Virginia Yip made me throw up yesterday, saying that, quote, whatever Chairman Mao, sorry, the standing committee says is fine, of course ticking a box next to one name on a ballot is perfectly democratic. For a short time, she was trying to say that she was a realistic Democrat. She's proven herself to be the same as she was when she had the broom head cut. A toady to whoever is in power. Occupy can only get stronger the more these idiots attack it. Thanks, Alan. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair for Regina, she does have a purpose. She is very keen to become the chief executive of Hong Kong and, you know, nothing should be allowed to come in the way of her ambition. Morning Brew at rthk.hk if you want to get in touch. There was a great Harry cartoon and I'm a great fan of Harry's, I have to say, which I saw in the Correspondent magazine, so it was one of the ones that didn't make its way into the post, with, with, with some sort of supplicant going up to the comrades and saying, what, what, what do you think about this? And the answer is, whatever you think. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get published that way. It, it didn't get published in the post, it did get published in the Correspondent magazine, which unfortunately has a rather smaller circulation, but there you go. Oh, absolutely. It's a very good cartoon, ten minutes as to ever. Ele- ten minutes to eleven right now. News on the air, we've got a few more minutes together. What do you want to wrap it well, up Well, we could talk about other things, couldn't we? We could talk about... Shall we talk about the... Um... <laughs> I'm just I'm just laughing because it, 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 it is one of these stories that writes itself. It's the um, new estimate for the express railway. You know that railway that's going to nowhere. Um, it was it was a trifling sixty five million, and and it's now the estimate for that with no confirmed date of completion has now gone up to seventy one point five billion. Now you say, oh well, yeah, yeah. That's Hang only- on, starting figure was. Well, the starting figure was even lower than that, but the last estimate was 65. So 71, in, with my poor maths, represents a 10% increase. Fair play. Now, remember, these are billions we're talking about. <laughs> not, 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 <laughs> I mean, this is the sort of money I spend for dinner on, on, on Wednesday evening. But, you know, you ordinary folk, you probably spend a little less than it's that. It's nuts, isn't it? It's nuts. So, I mean, what, what's extraordinary about this is it, these sums of money for these mega projects always 
go out of control. And I have to laugh. You know, every time that I make the big ocean crossing between Kowloon Side and Central, yeah. I, come, I go along the East Harbour um, corridor in the motor, and I look to my right... And I looked to the other great big project that was built there, which is the cruise terminal. Oh, yeah. I've never actually seen a ship drawn up alongside this, again, out of our money, public money. I've never, ever seen a ship drawn up alongside the cruise terminal. It's another total white elephant. And, you know, you have people saying, well, you know, we're, we're, the, t- the cash situation in Hong Kong is really tight at the moment because we've got, um, um, well, um, we've got billions. We have got billions, and, and this is going to cost billions, and then we've got billions for the West Kowloon project. Of course, the price of that has also gone up. And we, we, we have other vanity projects in mind. So we don't have any cash to spare for, you know, people. 